0: Welcome to the Life on Shuffle podcast, a collection of stories about people who have taken chances, embraced the unexpected, and inadvertently discovered their true passion. Today we are featuring Kyle Lloyd, a lead pastor from Hickory, North Carolina. We are also joined by Mackenzie, Grace, Keenan, Corinne, and Mr. Cooper. Kyle Lloyd, born in Hickory, North Carolina, he wanted to be an athletic trainer all throughout high school, but now is a lead pastor at Dudley Shoals Baptist Church. He has a wife and two kids. He has a long history in church ministry. He is a former youth and children's leader at Dudley Shoals Baptist Church and Central Baptist Church, as well as working at Lifeway Christian Resources. His education consists of a diploma from Fred T. Ford High School and a degree from Liberty University. So we wanted to start off today's episode with a personality test. Uh, This is a personality test that we've all completed as freshmen at our school at Caldwell Early College High School. Um, So, it is a personality shape test, and we're going to show you four shapes, and you tell us which one you're drawn to or catches (laughs) your eye.
1: Okay. um, The triangle.
0: All right. So, the triangle is a leader, very focused, loves recognition, very uh, sure people, outspoken, very focused on a goal at hand, um, loves lists and sticky notes, independent, (laughs) Likes to do his or her own thing, and always gets the best deals
1: okay i don't know I don't know if that completely describes me. I'm not a sticky note person unless I have to be, but yeah, some of that is, yeah, that's true
0: uh so for our listeners, we just show Kyle a square triangle circle and squiggle to kind of show you what he's looking at. So what is your favorite thing about your current job?
1: Oh, my favorite thing um I get to be around people nonstop. I've always been a person that gets to a point where I I love alone time. I love being by myself. Like one of my favorite pastimes is going to the movie theater by myself. It's it's a weird thing, but with my job, I'm constantly around people. I constantly get to pour into people. I constantly get to be checking on people and their lives and how they're doing. And I'd say that's my favorite thing is being around people and getting to see where people are in life because not everybody's at the same point. Not everybody's at the same place in life and you know, people charge me up as much as I hope that I bring something into their lives as well.
0: Uh, second part of that question was, what makes you excited to get up and go to work every day? But I assume that's the people in a way. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's the people and it's it's the purpose that I did not used to have to it. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that later. But yeah, the whole purpose of, of why I do what I do is because I care. Once, I mean, that, that I just care about people's lives. I care about people's hearts and, and people's futures and people's families. So ultimately that, that would be the reason I wake up in the morning.
0: All right. So obviously you're working with a lot of people. Would you say you fit in with the type of people or group of people you work with? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think it wouldn't work if, if I didn't. And I think that they would let me know. Now, I'll say this. Like, Dudley Shoals, where I'm currently at, is in the country, and I'm not a country kid. Like, I'm not a farm boy. I didn't grow up in the country. I grew up living downtown, where I walked everywhere in downtown Newton. So moving to the country was completely new to me, but I would say it's it, it, it's brought a slower pace to my life, and it's good, it's good. So I would say at first, I probably didn't fit the best in that uh, circle in a square peg, so to speak, but now it's, yeah, yeah I think we're pretty pretty compatible
2: so what made you move from the city to
1: so there was a couple of reasons you know obviously with with careers and jobs you you look at advancement you look at what's next for you sometimes sometimes you get to a point where you only grow so much in a certain position in the place I was at there wasn't a lot of people Um, my wife and I had our first child Harper and uh there wasn't many kids in that church that we were serving in previously so we 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 wanted more for our family we wanted something that she could grow up in and and have kids her own age running around so ultimately that's one of the reasons that we made the decision is it is not because we were we were mad or upset but we just wanted something more it was it was more of we had outgrown the space that we were in so to speak
0: so would you say by moving has it Cause you to have any setbacks or change the way you view your career.
1: Um, it got me out of my comfort zone. Like, I, I used to be a youth pastor. That was my current position at the current church that I'm at now. But it got me out of my comfort zone and let me see things in a whole different way. So I don't know if that answers your question, but so, yeah, it, it it changed my perspective in. Uh, I started seeing the church and as a whole instead of just people y'all's age. You know, that's you guys are my people. This is the group that I was the most comfortable with is working with students. But when we moved and got to this new place, it, it became so much more. It was, okay, like the whole church is the whole church. It's not just a segment of the church. So I started to see it more as that.
0: Basically within your career, you know, what kind of impact do you think you've had in it or you've done to the Idea of being a pastor? Oh,
1: I don't know. Like, I've definitely seen students graduate that were not at the place that they were by the time they graduated. So, I would hope that it would be some of the students that I've impacted their lives. And, you know, I've gotten to the point now where some of the students I had in ministry early are starting families or getting married, and I've gotten to be a part of their weddings and, and gotten to be a part of doing premarital counseling and stuff like that. So I hope the impact is that, you know, that they would see their future for what God has given them. And I hope that they're able to, you know, not just leave high school and say what's next, but to to take it full force to say, OK, this is the path that God has put me on. This is where I'm headed. This is where I want to go. And I hope that's what I, I've left most of my students with as, you know, I've been in youth ministry.
2: So you said that your original like job position was a youth pastor yeah. working with children, but your original plan for your job yeah. was a fitness coach
1: yeah well it was athletic trainer so it was more um if you ever i don't know do you guys like sports okay so if you watch sports whenever somebody gets hurt especially like a major injury, somebody always goes onto the field. or That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that athletic trainer to be able to diagnose medical injuries and kind of see how to take care of it as athletes. Because I, I, I grew up playing almost every sport, um, so sports was huge for me. And originally, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, I thought that, you know, that was going to bring me happiness. I thought it was going to bring me joy. And to be honest with you, the biggest chase for that for me – was money. you know. I, I knew that it was going to take a lot of schooling, um, but I also knew you know, the pursuit was not just high school level. It was college and professional, and, and a lot of that just came to, hey, it's because I know they make a lot of money. So that that was the main pursuit. That was the main thing, because I thought it was going to bring me happiness. I thought it was going to bring me joy, and I thought it was going to make me really rich, if that makes sense.
3: That, oh, go ahead. That's something that I've been thinking about like while I've been in high school. I've been thinking about being a physical therapist or an athletic trainer, like you were saying. But when you were younger, did you see yourself wanting to be an athletic trainer that whole time? Or did you see yourself wanting to be something else So before you went into high school? Okay,
1: if I were to ask you guys that question when you were in kindergarten, what would you want to be when you grow up? if you're asking me what, what I would have said, it would have been a firefighter. (laughs) Like it would have been, that would have been my job because I didn't know that that was a job. But once I realized, man, this is something that you can pursue, something that you can do. Uh, and I had my own injuries. I think that helped shaped it is I got to, you know, I broke my arm playing sports, I broke a finger. So I was constantly having to see these doctors and medical professionals. So, yeah, I mean, I think, it wasn't something when I was in elementary school I knew, but in middle school, high school, I was like, oh man, this would be really cool, yeah.
0: Uh, career-wise, is, do you regret not going for that career, or are you fine where you are now?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's regret by any means. I mean, I look back, and if I were to look at my life from a 30,000-foot view of where it is now and where it was headed, all these different things lined up to be able to be where I'm at now. You know, there was certain people in my life that influenced that. There were certain people that pushed me to get to where I am now. Uh, certain people that got me out of my comfort zone. There are certain aspects of my life that were hindrances, um, that were bumps along the way. Uh, but as far as regrets, no, I look back and I, I, I'm more than pleased where I am now.
2: Looking back, like, who was your biggest influence on, you know... The career that you're on. Now. Yeah.
1: So I didn't grow up in church, but my mom really pushed me to want to go to church. I, I say I'm a drug baby in the sense my mom drug me to church. <laughs> and it was because she wanted better for for me than what she had growing up. So my mom was a big influence in that. But on top of that, there was a guy in my life who stepped up in a big way. See, my dad passed away when I was 11 years old. And the man that stepped in my, up in my life was my youth pastor. Um, he was at this church that we started going to when my mom got remarried. And he, he really pushed and, and, and encouraged me and challenged me. And you know, he would call me and say, hey, you wanna go get pizza? You wanna go play video games? And he was always there for me. So look, it's one of those moments where I look back and I say, okay, he played a he played a key role at that. There's a there's a lot of <clears throat> different people who did that. For example, when I got to Liberty, um, I was a freshman and I don't know if I can tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. <laughs> but when I got to Liberty, um, I got to the point where I almost got kicked out of school, um, not because I did anything, you know. Well, it was terrible. OK, I I I took a firework an M-80 And I put it in a toilet, and I blew up the entire dorm system toilet. And uh, I got to the point, yeah, it was bad. I got to the point where I'm sitting in the provost's office, and he said, Kyle, and it's a room with all these different men in suits. And they say, your academic career is, is right here. We can either expel you or we can figure something out. And he said, do you want us to figure something out? And I said, yeah. He said, well, we're we're pretty much to the point where we want you out, where we're ready for you to go home because we feel like you're going to do something like this again. But I had a teacher, one of my professors, step up and said, no, I want to take him under my wing. And that professor is the one who stuck his neck out for me. I met with him every week and it changed my life because I had never had anybody that had done that for me before and say, hey, you're worth it. Uh, you've done a stupid thing like blowing up toilets, which cost me like five thousand dollars, by the way. So I don't recommend it. But he said, "I hey, I want I want to help you. I, w- I don't want you to do dumb things anymore. You've got potential. You're a great speaker. You're you're great with kids. So I want to I want to use that." And uh, he's probably my second biggest influence in my life.
0: So, by going to college and obviously you know getting a degree there you know, how do you think that has helped you in your career by going to college?
1: Um, It definitely set me up um, academically in a way that uh, in high school, I I wasn't very driven. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the the aspirations to to get good grades. I just wanted to be able to achieve what I thought was success. You know, for me, I was always the type that could show up at school and, and pass a test. Like even if I didn't study, that was just a gift that I had. But when I got to college, it was okay. Now you got to write papers. You got to do all these different things, and it really pushed me to work on time management, work on organization, which I struggled at, and and, and how to be an adult, right? Because once you get to college, you don't have your mom waking you up anymore. You don't have um, somebody to remind you you got to be at school. You make that decision. So going to college for me in that regards pushed me in a way help me become a man if that makes sense.
3: Were there any other like colleges that you were consider like considering before you picked to go to Liberty?
1: Yeah so with athletic training I knew that I wanted to go to a couple different schools. Liberty was one, Penn State was another, Uh, Drexel in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and the Virginia Tech. Those were the four schools that I wanted to go to. And obviously, I'm a big Carolina fan, so that was in the back of my brain, but I knew that was never going to happen. I didn't have the grades to get in to Carolina, so
3: During college, like a lot of kids like when they're in college, they their mindset is like I'm just trying to get through this, like yeah. or they'll go out and party or anything. Right. What was your mindset like during this whole process when your mind was like do I do athletic training? Do I do like what did what was your mindset during that whole process
1: when I first got to college it was I just want to have fun Mm -hmm. and that's when I got in trouble that's when I'm sitting in the dean's office with my life in in his hands and it was a wake-up moment for me it's like man I gotta take this seriously I've got to not just because think about it when you when you make a decision, all of you I hope make the decision to go to college one day. But when you make that decision, it's also a financial commitment. And I didn't understand that. I didn't get that. I didn't understand that somebody else was paying for this. And 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 in that moment, I was like, "Okay, I've got to buckle down. I've got to I've got to take this seriously." So, those first 4 months of college It was, I'm just gonna have fun. I'm gonna eat as much pizza as I can. I'm gonna meet as many new people. I'm gonna try to find my wife my freshman year. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to just have fun. But then I had that realization, okay, you can have fun, but also focus on what you're here for. Because at the end of the day, if you get to the end of your four years and all you did was have fun, you've got one, a big check to cut for something you could have done outside of going there but two like it it that's not the purpose that's not the focus and uh but it took a wake-up call for me to to get focused to get my life where it needed to be in that respect
0: so what is one of the most important lessons you've learned of your time say at college that has helped you with career or in your
1: career as a whole say that one more time
0: uh like a really important lesson like that you always remember like it's just in the back of your mind every step that you take
1: failure is okay it's okay to fail but it's not okay to stay there it's not okay to be okay with failure um i've made a lot of mistakes in my life i've 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 done a lot of dumb things and i just told you one of them but it it, it's what happens after you overcome that failure, after you have that mistake, after you get to that point of of no return. But it was, hey, because I don't know if you guys are anxious people, but I struggle with, with, with thoughts of my own and trying to overcome those was a thing that I really struggled with. So failure was okay. It's okay to to not pass a test if you learn from that. It's okay to, to not make this certain grade if you learn from that. So that was the biggest lesson that I think I learned from that, Keenan.
0: So, uh, with your current career, did you, is a a degree required for it or was a gr- degree kind of just like a goal for yourself to have?
1: I, I would say obviously because you're working with the church. I wouldn't say it's required, but most people won't look at you unless you have a degree. Um... Obviously, everything Christians follow is based on the Bible. Going to college is not in the Bible. So a lot of that has just become in the world we live in, the standards that we've set for each other. right? There was probably one day that a teacher didn't have to have a degree, but now it, it, probably a master's degree is something that some schools require. Same way with the church. The church wants to see that there is an education background, that you've had training, that you know what you're talking about, that it's not just something that you stumbled into one day and said, oh, that's interesting. So yeah, I I wouldn't say it's required, but it definitely is important. So
0: career-wise, obviously you're at a church, you know, at your church, what does it look like as a team and as a whole together that helps you, but also helps you feed into others that you're working with?
1: Like who, with staff wise? Yeah. So currently, my staff, um, it, it's myself. I have uh, a secretary who's kind of like an assistant who takes phone calls, does a lot of financial stuff, and different things like that. And then I have two other pastors. I have a youth pastor who's actually in the role that I was in former because I kind of moved up in the position to where I am now. So we've got a youth pastor, and then a guy. Um, I don't even know how to explain his role, but he works with senior adults. He he does a lot of visitation of people that are sick in the hospital. So he works with the with the elderly, but he also checks on those people that have surgeries or those people that are sick or, or whatever needs need to be for there.
2: Um, do you have any advice for like younger people, uh as like working as a team?
1: Working as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teams are important. I think it's easy to be a lone ranger it's harder to be a team player but in the long run a team is able to get more stuff done right you guys could do this one of you could do it by yourself but it's going to be better when you have more voices to bring to the table now that's all that's not always a good thing sometimes you got to figure out who to listen to and who not to listen to but you're always going to accomplish more as a team you're always going to be able to get more done um But it's important for you to add to that team mindset. You can't just say, "Oh, just because I'm a part of a team, the other people can carry me." I've got to contribute. I've got to bring something to the table as well.
3: So you said during your junior year of high school that you had this like calling from God that you had this thought that you wanted to become um, something as uh, like what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, What were there any like experiences that led up? to that motivation to pursue that career yeah. or was it like
1: yeah we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that but in the short form um so my parents uh, decided they wanted to adopt a child and it it came down to um they wanted to adopt a girl from china and i'm the oldest of i was the oldest of three at the time. And then we were gonna add a fourth. I was already a junior in high school and my parents wanted to adopt a two year old little girl from China. So selfishly, I was angry. I was angry at my parents, but I was also angry with God. I said, I'm not to the point where I want another sibling. I, I already have to share a bedroom. I, you know, I was frustrated. I was angry with my parents. I was angry with God. And my parents spent that whole summer in China, far from us. So it was one of those things that I lived with my grandparents for a while. You know, I, I, I went to church and did all those things, but I was angry at them. I was angry at God. And our, our youth group went to summer camp um, that summer. And at that summer camp, you know, I started realizing how selfish I had become. You know, that everything that I had anger-wise was because I was, I, I, I was selfish. I didn't want to help somebody who desperately needed it. I mean, my sister was a type of kid who lived in an orphanage who was tied to a bamboo high chair. And why would I not want that in my life? Why would I not want my family to rescue her? But it came down to, I was just angry. I was upset and I was selfish. And and in that moment at that summer camp, I realized, man, there is a God who loves me. There's a God who cares for me. And just as my parents loved that child, I understood what love should look like and how we're supposed to love people and how God loves us. And, and that really opened up my eyes to, you know what, I don't know what God wants me to do, but I just want to be able to love people and to live for Him and to help serve Him. And whether that's in the ministry or going to another country, going to China, whatever that wants to be, I'm, I'm open to it. so. It was kind of like an aha moment of, okay, this makes sense now.
3: Would you ever consider being like a missionary in China?
1: Oh, those people are built different. <laughs> they are built different. But, I, yeah, I think, yeah, circumstantial. If I went home and told my wife, she would freak out right now. But, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to take a trip to China – I do a lot of different mission trips. We go to New York City. City. We're trying to plan one to Peru next year and and Haiti and different things like that. But, yeah, China would be awesome to go back one day with my sister. But as far as being a missionary, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe one day. I'm never going to say no. How about that?
2: Do you see any advancements in your career right now, like things that you can do to help the church or, you know, help further and grow? Yeah.
1: Stuff. I I don't know that advancement. I don't know. I, I don't think so. For me personally. I mean, are there other opportunities out there? Absolutely. But that's not something that I'm focused on. What I am focused on is is growing and building the church and whatever that way can be. Now as far as like advancement in my career, that's just not something that I see. I mean, it could happen one day, it could be at another place or another um another ministry. It could be something completely different. But as far as right now, as far as advancement where I'm at, it's, I've pretty much reached it.
3: Uh, could,
4: Well, sorry, before we move on, uh, you were the, you said you moved up within this individual church that you're at. Yeah. So you just said like, oh, I don't feel like I would want to advance any further than
1: this point. Had you said that prior? Oh yeah. So, I had, you can ask Keenan, I I had said that I never thought, uh, to me, in, in, in the way of looking at it from a school, right, that you've got an assistant principal, you've got teachers, and then you've got a principal. I never wanted to be the principal. I never wanted to be the main guy. I never wanted to be the head honcho. I never, wanted, I never felt like I was qualified. I never felt like I could do enough job. But it also, I didn't want to deal with that pressure. But, yeah, I had said that before. I had said, there's no way I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah. Was there
4: like any specific event or it just felt like, well, you, you built that confidence and you said, nah, I feel different now. So I'm just going to pursue this as a possibility.
1: Yeah. So during COVID our church had it pretty rough. Um, our senior pastor at the time, who's probably my greatest mentor now, um, he got sick, really sick. He had gotten COVID. Um, he had been in the hospital for, um, about three months. Been on the ventilator twice, almost died, and he never came back from it. He, he, he's still alive, um, but he he can't talk very much. He's out of breath a lot. It affects his movement. So during that time, I kind of had to step up and help lead the church through all of that. And it was one of those deals. It's like, okay, I, can't, I don't want to do this, but I've got to do this. And all throughout that time, our church was looking for a pastor, and they finally came to me and said, hey, we want you to be it. And I said no at first. And I ran from that. I actually served on the search committee to find the next pastor. And they said, no, every candidate we're looking at, we want you to be it. We don't want these these guys. We want it to be you. So if it wasn't for that health scare with my pastor, I wouldn't be I would not have had the confidence or the preparedness to to be able to do what I'm doing. But, you know, in a weird way that kind of helped push me forward to say all right you might not think you can do this but you have been doing this and you can do this
3: so while you were um, in the process of this career were there any moments when or like were there any times that you were thinking um, there's going to be challenges that would be easier than expected or that you were like challenges that you were going to face that you would think that would be really hard but they were easier than expected or they, you thought that they would be easy to overcome, but they were actually really hard.
1: Yeah. So I spent most of my time in church ministry in youth ministry. And I people that think look at youth pastors, they say, oh, man, they have the greatest job in the world. All they do is eat pizza and play games and, and hang out. And I thought, oh, it was going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. That's all I'm going to have to do. But that's not the case. Right? There's a lot of drama with teenagers, right? You guys know that. So there's a lot of that, but it's also a heavy burden to carry because, you know, I, I, I was never the type that said, hey, you know, keep your stuff to yourself. Like, if you got something to share, something you're walking through, something you're dealing with, like, talk to me. And carrying that stuff is, is heavy because people your age deal with a lot of different things. So that was a challenge of saying, okay, it's not all cupcakes and sunshine. Right. Sometimes there's 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 darkness. Sometimes there's there's hard roads to walk. Sometimes there's tough things that you guys deal with and trying to help navigate those things was tough. But outside of that, the hardest part, to be honest with you, is dealing with parents. I mean, teachers can attest to that. Um, you know, it's never people that you actually work with. It's always people outside of it who are pointing fingers and saying, why aren't you doing this and doing that? So that'd be the, probably the biggest challenge.
2: Um, so as a youth pastor, my dad's a youth pastor. Oh, cool. Cool. And, um, there were, he's told me that there are several moments where he just wanted to step down and just walk away. Have you had some of those moments?
1: Oh man, we could do another podcast on this. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, um, wow this this might make me cry um 2021 i was in a very dark place you know I was helping lead the church um, without a pastor you know i was i'm, I'm still young consider where I'm at and as a pastor and I got to a place where I just couldn't do it you know I had a lot of anxiety a lot of pressure i i had i felt like a, a failure at times and You know, there was a a, a time point where I I was there where your dad was of saying, I want to just walk away. I just want to go do something like bag groceries. I don't want to do church ministry ever again. Not because it was just hard, but it was just a lot of pressure. And it came to a point where it was another aha God moment of God showed up and he was like, listen, you're trying to do it all yourself. You've got people around you who can help you. But also, I can help you. Like your entire job is to trust me, and you're not trusting me. And that's where I was at. It was probably the lowest point of my life. I I was depressed. I was more anxious than I had ever been. The relationship with my wife wasn't the greatest. And I finally had to come to the point of asking for help. And I went, I went to the, before the church one day in the middle of a sermon, and I just lost it. And I told the church, I said, I'm tired. I want to quit. Um, This is the hardest season of my life. And I feel like I'm at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and I don't know how to get out. And I ended that message and I says, but I know God can get me out, but I'm asking for your help. A couple weeks later, the church says, we want to get you help. So they brought in another pastor to come help me for a little bit. And they said, not only that, but we want you feel like you're in the Grand Canyon, we want to send you to the Grand Canyon. So they gave me two weeks of of paid vacation, just me and my wife, a chance to recharge a chance to, you know, just reconnect and, and to get our bearings and just pull away, not have to worry about kids for a little while, not have to worry about jobs for a while. And it was the best time that we have ever had. And it's a time that I'm thankful for, not just for the church doing that. It's amazing, but thankful to God because, you know, it could have went one of two ways. I could not be in ministry. I could be bagging groceries, but there was people who said, you know what? We don't want to see you at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. We want you to go see the Grand Canyon. And that's, it was the coolest moment of my life so far.
2: Uh, My dad went through something similar. The year after you, oh um, yeah, and we actually did have to move churches. Have you ever had a moment where you felt like you were led somewhere else, like to yeah. another church?
1: Yeah, I think that's how we got where we are now. Um, it was that same thing with my daughter. I said, okay, there's not enough for us here. Um, but yeah, I ha- I haven't had that feeling since then. I'm not saying that I'll never have that again, but. I'm always open to wherever God wants me to go, but yeah, I, but I have, we've, we've had those talks of, I've had churches call and say, Hey, do you want to come here? And I've been, no, we're, we're happy. We're good. We're, we're, we're blessed with where we're at. So,
0: yeah, you, know, you kind of told us a story of, you know, during the time of COVID, you had to step up and be a lead pastor when there was no one else and you know you've you're officially in that role now yeah but uh you know first starting at central or dudley when you were you know mainly prioritized in the role of youth pastor you know in that setting what would you have found the most challenging or you know kind of like what karen was saying earlier you know what was something you thought would be hard but ended up being easy or something that was hard actually you know wasn't that hard
1: at all? It's trying to find the experience to be able to do it. I would say whatever you guys want to do, whatever career path you're, you're aiming to do, go try to do that. Go be a shadow, go be a sponge. I thought it was going to be hard to get my foot in the door to serve, but at the end of the day, people just want help. So if you're willing to, if you're willing to do whatever it takes to be able to, to do that for me, it was okay. I'm going to just, Serve pizza at my church. I'm gonna go pick up trash for a little bit. The coolest story that's ever stuck out with me, when it comes to to being a leader, uh, you guys have heard of Wendy's, right? Uh, the the owner, I guess I don't know the guy who started Wendy's. His name's Dave Thompson. And Dave Thompson, if you ever go into a Wendy's, you'll see him holding a mop uh, mop handle. And his mentality was is I am the owner of this company, but I'm also gonna mop the floors. And, and, and that's always stuck out with me is, is we've, you and I, we've got to be sponges to be able to try to absorb as much knowledge, uh, as much uh, anything we can from other people to be able to, to gain experience. And I thought, Keenan that was going to be the hardest is to get my foot in the door. But essentially it was, okay, you just got to find a way to do that. And in certain places it's you gotta be willing to mop floors, you gotta be willing to to do hard things, do stuff nobody else wants to do, but to just just try it, just do it, just be around it.
0: Um, well, we talked a little bit earlier, kinda like, you know, going from the idea of wanting to be an athletic trainer to, you know, fully filling that call in ministry, you know, where you're gonna regret not being an athletic trainer. Yeah. But where you are now being a lead pastor, you know. Do you regret making the change from being a youth pastor to being a lead pastor?
1: Sometimes I say I took a demotion because it would be amazing to go back and be a youth pastor. Again, I love working with teenagers. That's what I feel like I'm good at. I I love doing that. And sometimes the pressure of being a pastor is hard. So I wouldn't say it's a regret. But there are certain days that I look back and say, oh, man, it would be so great not to deal with the pressure. It would be great just to go hang out with some teenagers, go shoot some basketball or go, you know, whatever. So I wouldn't say it's a regret. I'm still happy what I'm doing. But there are days that I look back and say, oh, it'd be, it'd be great if I was doing this instead.
4: It's, it's interesting in a lot of these stories that this re- question of regret comes up. A lot of people are asking yeah. in different individuals, do you regret this? Do you regret that? Um, and we're not seeing a lot of people that are actually like holding any type of regret. Hmm. Um, even leaving a career after 16, 20 years, you know, whatever it is, I almost worked a full career and then started over. Wow. Um, I, you know, me personally, I would feel like that would be almost a sense of regret. Like, yeah. why didn't you just finish it out kind of thing? Yeah. Um, uh, it seems like this idea of, well, in this case, it's, you know, a a spiritual calling, but yeah. there's a lot of people that have like a calling to do uh, a specific thing. Um, Absolutely. We had one a couple of weeks ago that was, you um, never thought he would be a teacher and just, he actually, I think said felt called to, to yeah. teach. He had information. He wanted to share it kind of thing. Um, you started with the athletic training and then, you know, didn't feel, and then you said very early on, it was the people that mm-hmm. made the difference so do you feel like this the commonality between just working with people like that that's kind of your thread that's your go-to so even on days when you feel like you just want to go and play basketball and stuff like yeah. you just want to interact with another person kind of thing um, i'm trying to like tie together all the yeah, phases yeah, yeah. of your life into to see is it just basically you love interacting with people
1: and uh, for, for me it's people's lives are important you know it's I, I, I care about people's hearts and their minds and their souls um, it is it is a spiritual thing I mean we could go there if we want but I mean that that's that's my pursuit is I, I care about people's hearts I care about where they are at the end of their life. I care about their journey and, and not everybody's journey is the same. You know, there could be somebody who grew up in church their whole life. And there could be somebody who comes to, comes to the Lord by way of drugs or alcohol or whatever it could be. You know, there's, there's people that can come in all these different shapes and sizes and not of any any of that's cookie cutter. It's just it, all the roads should lead to the same place. If that makes sense. So
4: do you feel like if we jumped in a time machine right now, went back to Liberty, whatever yeah. that was, and uh, you actually became an athletic trainer, just kind of if you yeah, had to, if yeah, you had I to describe it. how how would you interact as an athletic trainer, knowing what you know now, like would it would your personality change?
1: I think I would do the exact same. I would have the same mindset of loving people in, in that capacity. Uh, the thing that's changed the most about what I do now is I know that I could do what I do now anywhere. Like I could, I could, I could still care about people's lives and and their heart and and their souls in any job that I ever did. And I think I would be a better athletic trainer because of that, because it wouldn't just be about, you know, you got to get back on the field, but it's, Hey, where, where's your heart? Where's your mind? How are you doing? Checking in on where they are. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, if I would go back now and, and God said, hey, I want you to be an athletic trainer, sure. I I could see that for sure. So
0: obviously, you know, you're people-focused person. You love being, you know, around people. How would you say, you know, your family, whether it's personal or extended, you know, helps you where you are now, like uplifts you,
1: gives you encouragement or whatever it is? My family? Mm-hmm. So my wife is my biggest, she's, she's my teammate. Like without Emily, like I would be nothing, seriously, nothing. There's days where if I did not have her, I would either quit or I just, you know, she's, she's my emotional bucket. Sometimes I just pour too much into her and someday she's got to pour back into me. And it is, I mean, she's my biggest cheerleader, my emotional partner, somebody that I I, I know that I always have. So having, this is gonna sound weird, but I knew that if I was gonna go into the ministry, if I was gonna work for a church, I had to have somebody like that. And I looked for Emily for a long time and I, I knew that she was gonna be somebody that could help me do that and help me be where I'm at now. So, um,
0: obviously you have two kids, you know, seeing them grow up, how do you think, you know, they've helped with that as well?
1: They keep uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds awful. But my kids, they, they keep it fun. They keep it fresh. But they also put stuff in perspective. Like I could, I could mess up on so many different levels. I could I could burn the church to the ground, right? That would be terrible, by the way. I could burn the church to the ground. But if I fail my family, if I fail my kids first, what does that say about my job? right? What does that say about what I'm doing? So my kids keep it all in perspective is that it has to start at home. It has to start with my kids. Like if, if I did youth ministry forever and I work with high schoolers and teenagers and, and kids for the rest of my life, but didn't lead my own kids, what would that say? So it, it, it does it put it all, puts it all in perspective and it keeps, keeps things fun and fresh, sometimes not sane, but definitely fun.
3: Do you think your kids would want to do your job?
1: I don't know. In the future, I don't know. My kids are young. Um, sometimes I don't want them to. <laughs> um, that sounds weird. I don't know. You always hear about pastors' kids. I don't know if you've ever had that 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 title thrown <laughs> at you sometimes, but I I don't know. I I think my kids enjoy going to church, and I want them to enjoy going to church. I don't want it. And that's one thing. I I never say, Daddy's going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Daddy's going to—no, I say it the opposite. I don't say Daddy's going to church. I say Daddy's going to work. Because I don't want them to have hard feelings against church. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to say, well, the church is taking my dad, or the church is taking all this time. But there are times that they've got to understand that work is taking my dad. And that happens in every parent's lives, but I don't want them to ever build a resentment against the church is the reason that that's happened. If that makes that. sense. Yeah, I get that. Okay.
0: <laughs> so uh, kind of going back to, um, you know, the idea of sports and high school and stuff, you know, you talked some about, you know, you wanted to be athletic trainer, you know, you got this call from, you know, call from God, you know, you know, ministry might be my thing. So now, looking back, do you see like where God was working in your life through that situation on like you know, oh, he really didn't want me to be an athletic trainer, you know he wanted me to do this now, now you're able to see each footstep that you took that led you to where you are now one hundred
1: percent, yeah, again, if I zoom out on every step that I've ever taken, there's always been that, all right, Kyle wants to go this way, and God's like not." Nah. Sorry. You're going to go this way. It's been it, there's been roadblocks. There's been things where I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have finished high school. There's things that I shouldn't have I shouldn't have made it to college in the first place and every step of the way there's been footprints of saying, "You know what? Kyle, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do." So, yeah. I think I would have been, ultimately been unhappy not doing what God wanted me to do, not doing what I'm doing now. Uh,
0: so back within your family, you know, were they supportive of you, you know, moving from youth pastor to lead pastor, or was there anything like, oh no, you should stay with this job or, oh no, like they're totally pushing you for it.
1: Yeah. Changing jobs is a big decision. Um, and I never wanted it to be a decision that I just made by myself and I would not have made the decision unless my wife said, I want you to do this. And that's what it took for me um this past summer we were at youth camp with our current youth group and she looked at me and she says you're ready I think you can do this and I said what are you talking about like we're 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 with the youth right now you can't tell me to change jobs but she she wasn't telling me to change jobs she was just saying I think you can do it I think you're ready so I yeah I would not have pursued it if she didn't see it in me first
2: So is your wife your biggest supporter now? Like-
1: yeah, I hope so. I, I think so. We're, we're pretty open and honest uh, with each other. I hope she is. I think, I think she is. She definitely cheers me on. She's definitely a person who uh, fires me up, who, who keeps me sane and normal. You know, there's certain days where I just want to be like a normal guy. I don't want to walk into a room and the whole church knows who I am. So she keeps me normal. She keeps me on level playing ground. So, yeah, she's she's an encourager. That's just who she is as a person. She comes into a room and she lights it up. And she does that at home, too. So I'm thankful for it.
3: Is there any moments that she's able to help you at work?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially what I used to do. She, The youth group went because she was a cheerleader. She pushed it. I mean, she brings energy anywhere she goes. So... As far as youth ministry went, yeah, she was number one. Like it would have been nothing without her, so to speak. But what I do now, she again, she just she works in our nursery and works with kids and I I can be down at my office on the other side of the hall and I can hear her. I'm not gonna do this in the mic, but she'll yell, she'll say, Hey to everybody that walks in the door. So yeah, just knowing that she's there and knowing her personality, it helps a lot. Obviously,
0: you know, things in a church, you know, they always seem so happy and stuff, you know, but things in church are always happy. You know, you have things that happen and stuff. So would you say, you know, you feel like your church as a whole supports you fully now? Or do you feel like there's sometimes like you don't get enough support from your church people?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have moved up the position if I didn't feel like they supported me. I wouldn't have made the decision to to do what I'm doing now, if I didn't know they weren't going to back me. Um, Everything that I've said, Hey, I I need this, or I think we need to hire somebody else. I think we need, here's an idea I have, or I don't like the way we're doing this. Everybody's like, okay, let's do it. Sure. We trust you. And, and I think a lot of that comes back to having to earn that time. And I did that during COVID by helping step up and, I was vulnerable with them. I was honest with where I was. So, so I mean, I'm I'm
0: would consider myself funny sometimes, but <laughs> you know, all the time, all, all the time. <laughs> so within church, you know, you you know, you do have your bads, your goods, and stuff. You know, what do you think? What are some of the you know funny stories that have happened in church or hiccups, but are like hilarious now looking back at it?
1: Oh man. If I had to think of one, you, just funny stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on. Let me. Okay. Brilliant idea. This was when I first started in the church. This was not where I'm at now, so I can tell this story. But we decided to play a game of a soda chug contest. And we decided we weren't going to use two leaders. We were going to use three leaders. A three-liter soda, you can only get it like Dollar Tree, Mm -hmm. and it's disgusting. But we took these three big straws out, and uh, we put it in teams, and we said, hey, chug this soda as fast as you can. Well, this one team was losing, and a kid on the team, he was a middle school boy, of course, he takes and he says, I'm going to do this myself, and he chugs half of the three-liter. So one-and-a-half liters of soda sitting in his gut, and they win. And you know what I gave him as a prize? Candy. So you know what he does? He eats the candy, and the next few seconds I hear, and he throws up everywhere. It looks like an exorcism has happened. He's spraying it everywhere. (laughs) It's inside people's purses. It's (laughs) on the ceiling. It was awful, awful. I I could only imagine. It was terrible. So a lot of funny things have happened because of dumb things I've decided to do. But I can tell you a lot of funny stuff that's happened in the church.
2: Do you have... Like, did you do events as a youth pastor that, like, you wish the youth pastor now would do?
1: Yeah. There's some of it that I I tell them to do. Like, summer camp is the greatest thing ever for me. I love summer camp, and I I think the youth pastor now is going to do that. Um, We used to do something called Taco Bell Olympics, which is fun, that I hope the youth pastor now does. It's just, it's Olympics with Taco Bell items, like a crunch pack cunch wrap supreme you do um what is that called uh, curling uh you do the burrito shot put stuff like that so yeah we we did silly events um just to just to keep it fun
3: so during your time as a youth pastor and you said that you've been on a lot of mission trips yeah where's your favorite place that you've visited on one of your mission trips greece greece
1: yeah Greece was amazing just cuz I mean it's Greece. That was that was really cool. That's how I got paid for a certain church I went or I worked for one summer. They said, "Hey, if you work for us this summer, we'll send you to Greece." And that's how they paid me. So that was fun just based off of how pretty it was and how beautiful it was and the experience we had there. But as far as consistently, it's been New York City. I I think I could move to New York City. I just I love the 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 pace. I love the the atmosphere, but also love that there's so many different cultures. Like it's the most multicultural place in this entire country. There's people from every country there. So it's, it's really cool. The world is in New York city.
4: Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think we got to start trying to, yeah. to wrap this up. Um, and they may have had this question, but I'm, I think I might just go ahead and steal it. Uh, and you alluded to it earlier when you were talking about, like people in their shoes advice for them. Um, Can you kind of elaborate on that and kind of close it up with what is it that you would offer to people that are trying to determine what their focus in life is going to be like, what career they're going to be. Do they want to work just with people or do they want to work at things? Yeah. Um, What's kind of like the one piece of advice that you would have for them to try to figure out what it is that makes them happy.
1: I would say whatever interest you have, see if the, you can make a career out of it. Now, not everybody's going to be a YouTuber, right? That's what your generation wants to be is YouTubers, right? It's amazing that is that what would be, one, how do you become a YouTuber? Try it out. If you know it doesn't work, you know it's not going to work. So whatever you have an interest in, my encouragement to you guys would be try to soak it up, try to do it, try to be a sponge, try to find some way to be involved with it. Do whatever you can to be to try to seek those passions out. I don't know if your school is able to do internships, um, but internships are huge. I always encourage people to try to to try to find time to be able to serve to do whatever that is, even if it's an entry level thing, even if it's making copies or, or or. Or going to get coffee or whatever that is, but try to be around that as best as possible, because usually in those internships and in those times, you'll find out very quickly who those people are, what it takes for them to do what they do and say, yeah, I I don't want to do that, or I can't do that, or I'm not prepared or, or yeah, I think it is. So be a sponge, find opportunities, find times to do internships and just try to soak up all you can because there's people who have wisdom. You just got to seek those people out.
0: All right. Uh, Kyle, we thank you for joining us today. Today's episode was recorded on April 6th, 2023. This episode was produced by Grace Waters and it was hosted by Kenan Norris, Krin Sturkin, and Mackenzie Price.